welcome to the Crack Gen Comedy Club! Tonight, Stephen Mullen joins us for a top chat. It's almost confessions of uh, terrible jobs that we've had. <laughs> jobs like in construction and all that, being in a young band, and then acting, and then how we got into stand-up, and then the voice of Love Island Australia. I don't know why I'm putting an Australian accent. Uh, I've already got one. But yeah, it was very funny. And he did mention that one of his songs was on YouTube. So of course, we slipped in a bit of that when he mentioned it. So you'll hear Steve playing. Also, we'll be talking embarrassing stories, embarrassing moments of ourselves, or someone you know, or a friend, inverted commas. So if you have any of them, DM the Insta page at the underscore crack underscore den, or email info at crackdencomedyclub.com. If you're in around Dublin, we will see you at a show soon. And Stephen mentioned he is touring at the Stephen Mullen for more. And so here's the chat. So here's Eddie Malaki, myself, Damo Clark, and the one and only Stephen Mullen. That's as well as Apprentice Carpenter, that was the envy of uh, electricians were the envy of the carpenters because they had to carry fuck all tools around. Whereas we fucking saws and band saws and like fucking tool upon tool upon tool of stuff. Half the time they just needed snips and other little bit and a screwdriver and other bits and bobs. They could just carry everything around their tool belt, but we had fucking hammers. Carpenter yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah. Five years. What did you not do, Steve? <laughs> What was it like being? I was a... just gonna say your mama. If I was a carpenter, you were a lady. Yeah, Would my working life has been anyway? mad. My working life has been so. I did. Uh, I worked in bars. I worked in the teachers' club, club in the Moon Tory. A teachers' club. Yeah. So the What's INTO, that? the Irish National staff Teachers' room, Organization. A staff room. Is that what you're saying? Isn't it's that a, a, it's a social club? So it oh, kind right. of is. Right. Of the of the of the union of the Irish National Teachers' Organization. It's great crack, don't they? Go, go in there for a pint. It's great crack. And then all sorts of people would rent out the building during the week. So the Shinners would have meetings in there, but then you'd have... But Sinn Féin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All sorts of people. The Shinners were there. <laughs> Republican groups Republican were there. But then you had this lad who used to always help out uh, immigrants, specifically, I think, Filipinos who just come to the country and haven't figured certain things out. So he would meet downstairs on a Saturday morning. So it was like Mary Lou would be on her way upstairs, shoving her face with a sandwich right to get up if she's late for a fucking meeting while the Filipinos are downstairs sorting out visa things or whatever and then you'd have the Goline singers which were like traditional Irish singers that they were like they'd ring a bell at the start and jeez by fuck you better not make any noise they hate if anyone makes any noise like even the of the Guinness tap are they recording or something no no they just they're in a room they ring the bell and someone starts singing and then the next person will start singing and as you can imagine it's all very happy stuff mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably the Sinn Féin meeting but as they'd, well they'd go it? for three or four hours just singing songs it's Shano stuff or... uh, just kind of storytelling kind of songs mm. and uh, yeah but th- that was a fascinating so I worked there when I was in school like kind of on the weekends first job was actually on a farm I was thinking about this the other day <laughs> what was it, like just a farm hand when I was 12 I think because I was the eldest my dad and I was a bit, a bit of a. I don't think I was that bad of a kid, but <laughs> my dad was just always like, "Fucking go do something all Get the time." On. Get him so dig I, shit, dig up big piles of manure. Uh, yeah, the first day on the farm, a fucking gate fell on top of me. I still have the scar on my wrist. Day one. Uh, yeah, day one. The first thing, the farmer's in the tractor. He's like, move that gate. Whatever I fucking touched, knocked a load of gates that were tied together. And the whole thing just, I'm just under. <laughs> the first move, I was under gates. And he was like, all right. And it was my fault, of course. Like, yeah. he was like, that. okay, one thing to learn on the farm is everything's dangerous. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and that, that, you, that's your, your first day, first, first job, day adulthood. 12, I was fucking 12. Like, Man. my brother, by the way. Did fuck all. He just got away with the with the whole thing. He was like 15 months younger, but he never did any work. I remember was he the youngest. 
he's the middle, and then my daughter was the, or my daughter, my, <laughs> my sister, <laughs> my sister was the youngest. But I remember another. I forgot to close a gate at a wrong time when he was herding sheep in to be sheared, and like because there's fucking hundreds of sheep running at you. I close <laughs> that fucking gate. He's shouting at me, and like, you, you just fell asleep. I'm like, there's too many sheep. There's too many escape. fucking sheep running, and then yeah. you just have to, sheep like, can be frightening of when, course they, they when they're, they're in large eyeballs numbers. for a fucking starter. Yeah. Mental. Hundred of anything is scary. Exactly. Close that fucking gate. And of course, I didn't. I split second too late, and they all fucked off back out again into the field. <laughs> the then you had to dress like, up as a sheep dog and run <laughs> around, chasing <laughs> back. That's what I was thinking. Why don't you have a dog for this shit? Like, why am I here and a good fucking twelve-year-old? Yeah. You're, you're cheaper, Steve. You're yeah. cheaper. <laughs> Paid in ham sandwiches. That was it. <laughs> and then, so when you heard the sheep, then you had to. The shearers would come in. They were amazing. They'd fucking throw the sheep so quick. upside down. So quick. It's amazing. But then they would throw the fleece at me, and my job was just to pick the lumps of shit off and put it in the trailer. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. What do they call them? The dangleberries? The, oh, what they they're serious the... dangleberries. Like, they're like they're dangleberries, like, do you know, the, like the fast bag for boxing. That's the size that they were. Like, oh, wow. Big oh, fucking no. yolks hanging but off. But it's only yeah. sheep shit, so it's not really. Yeah, yeah I know. Sheep it's not going to kill you. Yeah, yeah it's so, grand. That is like grass and that, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard they send that. Uh, what, what would you call it? The sh- fur? Fleece. Whoa, fleece. Fleece. Yeah. Jesus Christ. The fur? I've been hungover. <laughs> sh- it was <laughs> Paddy's Day. It was Paddy's Day. It was Paddy's Day. Fur. <laughs> Shit, furry sheep fur. <laughs> that sounds like they're trimming their pubic hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get I had the, a few get the tangles out of me last pubes. night. All right. My words might be mixed up in this. Uh, yeah, this yeah the nice. fleece is then sent to China where they then produce it back into wool. Right. And then it's sent back to Ireland. To be knitted into Aaron sweaters. It's, oh, so God, it's more, really? wow. it's more the way the fucking labor market is. It's cheaper to fly to, China. to fly to China and then to fucking or boats or whatever the way they get there. And then they do it in the factories. Send it back. Cheaper to hire a, a bold boy from a council estate than get a sheepdog. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's the it's market. The, it's, it's the all, market. That's, yeah. what, that's what he said. Yeah. It's all about the money. <laughs> Man, working on, I think farm work is good for kids though. I mean, yeah. when, they're not, when you're not getting destroyed or yeah. chased by. You've done a bit sheep. as well, Damo. Yeah, like I used to work in a sheep shed. You did work in a sheep shed? And uh, we slept in there as well. Like all the, there was me and a few of my mates. And we were probably about the same age, 12, 11, 12. And then like you'd be on a grate over the sheep shit. You know, oh, there's well, a grate yeah, yeah, so yeah, the yeah. pops just fall yeah. through the grate. And then we'd have like a little mat and a sleeping bag. So we'd sleep. So there's just wool and turds mm. all around you. It was scary, man. They're, 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 they kick, are scary. they're kicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, man, like they yeah, don't yeah. want to be there, man. Yeah. They, and I'm like, dude, it's just a haircut. You're not getting killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah, later. Yeah. That's later. That's it's later. just a haircut. Not today. Calm down. <laughs> and it's hot. You know, you want you, you get rid of this big, big coat. You know, the, the <laughs> I big would love coat. to see twelve year old Damo giving a pre speech to all the sheep. <laughs> just Everybody, ba, calm ba, down. Ba, Chill ba, out, guys. It's just a haircut today. Okay. Yeah. That's number two. Lamb chops later. Okay. I know I had. Some for that you didn't know who we ate last night. It's different. What different do they group. do with mutton then? Because uh, you know, you, we, lamb is tasty, but with mutton is that just sold as meat as well? Is, is yeah. So, really just, so the difference between the three of them, you've got uh, lamb is between the age of one and two, or maybe it's the first year, and then you've junior got, infants. Ha, yeah, junior <laughs> no. infants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then high school, yeah. junior infant sheep. <laughs> we won't beat you now till you make first class. But <laughs> then between uh, lamb and mutton, you have hogget. Hoggett? Yeah, it's called Hoggett. Yeah. I've never heard and of Hoggett. So they measure it for something to do with the molars. I just know this from chefing days, another job. But uh, something to do with when the, when the molars come out, they're ho- and then they're mutton after a certain age, when they get to a certain age. So Moggett meat is still deemed 
de- decent and you hug it. Yeah, hug uh, it. you hug it. Uh, I think I don't know if it's ever sold. Is that I don't know actually, but I just know that that, that you were that, throwing it into be. your stews though back when you were a chef. Were you? No, we would. I had to break them down from scratch. That was one of my first jobs as a chef. Actually, was like getting a full lamb, like as in the full body, and breaking it down and learning. So you learn all where all the cuts coming from. You yeah, hack it. You were also a bits. bit of a butcher. Like that that restaurant that we worked in, there was like very much the philosophy, like uh, uh, nose to tail, nothing goes to waste. You know what I mean? You okay. use every part of it. So in order to do that, you have to understand every part of the every part of the beast, essentially. Yeah, yeah. and you kind of uh, break it down. And it's just you know, mad though. They're kept in the fucking. They're kept in the freezers for a reason. Not the freezers. You know the cold fridges, the big massive fridges. What yeah. you see in Rocky and all that. They're hanging up to They're hanging up like You're that. You're them. It's there for a reason because like if you get, if you don't work quick enough the fat gets gets warm and all of a sudden it just turns to grease and you're just covering grease like oh, so it's yeah. in the cold for a reason like yeah, yeah right. uh, it's mad yeah there you go I've done a few and that's, it's, my, it's, my first job it. was delivering, delivering be... newspapers in, nice. uh, in Galway nice. yeah good times 12 I think it was 11 what was the paper uh, the Galway Advertiser. Oh, I thought it was, yeah. Hey, yeah, the yeah, classic. Nice. And Straight I, to the top. I got fired from the Advertiser and then I went to the Galway Independent. <sighs> so I heard there was another kid in the neighbour, somewhere around, told me he was delivering papers. And I was like, all right, it was an older guy. So I called up the Galway Advertiser and I was like, our neighbourhood doesn't get the Advertiser. Like, you know, you need a deliverer right. in the, our vicinity and that could be me. <laughs> and uh, so, so they, the how next, old were you when you made that call? It's like a twelve. Go on, I was Eddie. in primary school. All right, and that I, could be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be that guy one day. I've set you up a new website. I've set you up a. So they they sent me out the next week a fucking big trolley and a, a 200 papers, and I was delighted. And a little slip with like 12 euro cash. Nice. And I was like unbelievable. I'll fucking. How long did that take you? To oh maybe two hours. Nice. Yeah, not bad for that's, that's that good, age. That's good money that's for two good, hours. That's yeah, good yeah, money that for that age. age. The only thing is you're out in the rain a lot in Galway. You're you're yeah, in the rain. Oh, you have to have a big fucking tarp over the papers. But then I uh, so a couple of months later I was away for two weeks with the family and I got my mate to deliver them. Yeah. And this is why I got fired. He instead of delivering them, so he went to collect them at my house and then he just brought the trolley. And got them and threw them into a skip oh, yeah. uh, down the road. Yeah. And then uh, another neighbor found this. They're like, why didn't I get the advertiser this week? Found them in a skip, yeah. called up the advertiser, said, our local, and I got the... You got uh, the blame for it. I got the blame for it. But I was like, that's a good idea. So then, uh, <laughs> My brother had the ingenious idea when he was delivering... I uh, can't remember the name. It was the Dublin West uh, local newspaper. But he had the ingenious idea of dumping them all into our own recycling bin. In the house that we live in, oh. <laughs> and just like put a fucking few tissues on top, thought no one would notice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think I found it. I remember opening the bin and going, "What an idiot! Yeah. What a fucking idiot!" Did you get caught though? Did you get away? Uh, of course he did. It was just like yeah. anyone was going into like it was our recycling bin. Literally, the the the, the papers are d- dropped at the front door. There's the back door, and there's the bin next to the yeah. back door. He literally just went boom. <laughs> I'm not doing that. He was probably that lazy that he would. He probably didn't bring them to the house he would just come through the side gate and got no one will notice that straight in <laughs> 10 seconds of work sorted you, you burn them you idiot you have to hide the evidence oh like, stop I was just like a bonfire every Wednesday morning the the yeah, exactly at 5am like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason I told you something subtle like that yeah, yeah. people driving to work just one dark looking 12 year old burning a bush yeah, yeah. yeah it's like oh, we're not getting the newspapers this week when you see the smoke coming up yeah, yeah. it's like alright <laughs> another, another paper boy's getting sacked thank god for the internet I'll just take my phone out now <laughs> <laughs> he's there going what it's the 12th of July it's not you fucking idiot <laughs> Oh my god! The old paper route, but that's a good—that's a good first job, isn't it? 
Yeah, and then I got, I got the Galway Independent after that. Kept that one for years. So nice. That was a good uh, solid. And the advertiser were like, oh, we could have had him. Could have had Because yeah. <laughs> they let him go too soon. We just never got the advertiser after that. Right. I mean, it's funny. It must be weird being a local newspaper. How do you distribute? And then it's just, it's just too much to keep on top of. They just kind of give up quickly. And I don't yeah. Know. What are the ratings like? Knock on the door. Did you get <laughs> yeah. the paper? No. <laughs> oh, well, something's getting sacked. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's yeah. two jobs. You have to deliver them and then go around. Did you get it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They hired you me to check the, as well. You can't give the same. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that as well. Call them up again. You don't have anyone checking. <laughs> For another yeah. tenner. Yeah. For an extra tenner, I'll knock two off the top. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do it on a bike or, or a bike? No, you or? couldn't do it on a bike because mm. it was like 200 papers. Right. So I, I, that's what I was wanting. You know those American movies and the kid yeah. throwing them on the bike? It's like, what, is he throwing fucking 10 papers? Well, he's not making money. You had got to walk. They're um, nicely wrapped up trolley. as well. Big trolley, was it? Huge trolley, huge trolley. Through the, through the letterbox? Yeah, through the letterbox. And then I, I called up because I, I heard there was a neighbouring estate that weren't getting as well. I was like, there's a neighbouring estate as well. And then there was like another 200. So I at one point had 400. Oh, my God. So then, but there was, the trolley couldn't handle it. They kept falling over in the wind. It was a mess. So then I hired another guy. <laughs> <laughs> a whole newspaper racket <laughs> right, like a sub racket of uh, yeah wow getting the local estates in yeah and then you took a bit off the top finders fee just a coffee kind of price you know yeah, just, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> back in the day he figured it out quick enough called up the papers did it himself that was like fair oh, yeah. um, so I don't what, think kids would do that anymore do they working like that I, I, I could be completely wrong but I don't see like maybe, Celtic uh, Tiger ruined it I think so yeah yeah, but even like I said, my brother didn't do many part-time jobs. But like, yeah, it was. I suppose I do look back. You do get work ethic fairly early on. Yeah, the younger generations. Nah, work no, ethic is no, so important, ethic. isn't it? Because then you're like, you like can't do matter. anything. Then you can then. do anything. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. You can turn your hobby, what you love doing, into yeah. a job. That's all we've done. That's we've done. <laughs> yeah, that's what we've done. But we're that's working awesome. very hard. We oh Jesus, <laughs> delivering my own flyers door to door now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I so my first job was in a fruit and veg shop, oh. and that was cool because. You know, you learn about fruit and veg. <laughs> it is actually, yeah, yeah. But because like, back in the eight, like this is in the eight, the eight, this is probably in the nineties. But you know, growing up in, the, you know, what it's like in the eighties. Your veggies that were like carrots, peas, yes, maybe broccoli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. Mm-hmm. Even you, in you, you know what okay. pumpkin is because of like Halloween. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you're like, kumquats. The hell? Is How old were you? That was probably yeah, thirteen, twelve, thirteen. And then I remember there was this big. My favorite part, if if something, you, say you'd bag tomatoes for a kilo, you put them in, and you got you wind them around in the clear bag, and you go clunk. You know the uh, tape that wraps around yeah. it. Never got sick of that clunk. Good feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. And if they were rotten, you're not going to bag them, so you bin them. Right. Nice. There's a big round white bin, and I would just smash like any bit of rotten fruit. Boom in the bin. Anyway, one day, a rotten tomato. Brilliant. I stitch it in the bin. For some reason, the timing of this was. Was insane. This is in the back, in the, in the back of the shop, yeah. and then there's a back door that goes out to the car park. Yeah, it full speed went down, went around the rim <laughs> of the bin, the top of the bin, and then out the door. And then a car was driving through the car park, windshield, bang! Oh, the, rotten tomato all over the front windshield, like that. <laughs> Some dude comes in. He's like, who threw that? Like, yeah, uh, fuck. Uh, uh, yeah, who yeah, threw yeah. that? And I was like, throwing rotten tomatoes. And then made a career out of it. <laughs> Getting tomatoes right. But I, I didn't get sacked, though. I didn't get sacked. You've gotten sacked from a few jobs. I've gotten sacked from a few jobs. Oh, I You're... got sacked from that job later, but not from that. Oh, uh, okay. What was yeah. the one you said you were working in a job in, like, a wood uh, factory? Wood. Was that, you were And you were, you were, like, sweeping up after? Yeah. And they had, like, a wood, they had a wood chipper. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, how bad is this? Oh man, no, there's so much. Man, there's so much. So gone through so many jobs. I can't even remember. All. Yeah, yeah. I used to be a, a groundy for a, a groundy for a tree surgery. Tree right. surgeon. Tree surgeon. They, they yeah, call yeah. them tree surgeons. They're just chopping off branches. A thing here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tree surgeon. It's quite big in, in Australia, though. I yeah, because there's the so many trees and there's like power lines. So the, the yeah. my boss would be up there, the chainsaw. And then uh, I would just get bored. <laughs> and it, like the rakes had wooden handles. Yeah. So I will just be like, watch this, man. Because, you know, a big plastic uh, fronged rake. Yeah. You watch the handle go in first. And then by the time the vibrations of it getting grinded up into that big yeah. thing, the trailer, and the, the, it's like, I don't know, like, <laughs> like, like a fish tail. You know, it looks like <laughs> all the way in. And uh, we went through so many rakes. Oh, no and shit. The- <laughs> Imagine the fucking trees. Where's the fucking rake? Spend a fucking fortune right here, mate. <laughs> yeah. Damn. What was your excuse like the first two rakes? You know, they're like, where are those rakes? Guys? Oh, I said I left them at the last job. He goes, <laughs> he's like, fucking Clark, stop leaving rakes everywhere. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, and see in my head, I was like laughing. I was like, genius. Going, yeah, I was like, I'm like, I'm like, we have all the rakes right here, just in tiny bits in the back of the truck. <laughs> you come in one day with like Stella taped rake put back together. I was just going to say a good boss would have made you fucking tape that back together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like Mickey Mouse and Fantasia, just all the mops, just like just grinding up all these rakes. So, so eventually you just got caught destroying a rake. No, I got sacked for, oh, man, like, how bad is this? Because I was always, because like, I was I was gigging at the time. I was 17, so it was like, uh, no, I was I just turned 18, so I, I, I was doing gigs at night, like, right. you know, open spots. And uh, I was so I was just tired during the day. And uh, I had, my job was to fill, it, fill up all the chainsaws with petrol. And Ken, the boss, is a good dude, but, man, he had a bad temper. You don't want anyone... No, that operates chainsaws have a bad temper. He probably had a fine temper before you were right? <laughs> Maybe no. he was on. The, What's he, your problem, <laughs> mate? <laughs> you have a temper problem, yeah. mate. Man. You get fucking therapy. Yeah. Fuck your rakes. <laughs> Only a rake, man. Jeez, this guy needs to get anger management. <laughs> destroying everything. He gave me one instruction. They just got their big long driveway because he had a big country house. Big long driveway. It was like this sort of dark red colour. It was real nice, real smooth, beautiful, brand new. It goes, don't fill up the, the chainsaws on the driveway because it'll eat aggregate or whatever it's called. Okay. And I was so tired, I forgot. I was right in the eat middle. Eat the aggregate? Like acid, it goes into it'll the driveway. Into the, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, goes into the, forever, the tarmac or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So you know exactly what happened. I was, I was just filling up one of the petrols with a jerry can and it was just overflowing. You know when you're half asleep filling up a, a coffee or something, it's just overflowing. <laughs> yeah, but it's petrol. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's petrol on a driveway. Uh, and, uh, and then I was like, oh, that's overflowing. And he's like, what are you fucking doing? And I was like, and I was like what? And there's, a, there's still, probably still to this day, there's a big crater right in oh the middle God. of his driveway. It just ate right into it, eh? Oh, fuck oh. me. So I think that, that was my last day. I didn't come back up. He, he, he goes, and I went, he, I didn't even, that was the start of the day. I didn't, he, he was so angry, he just sent me straight home. His face got so red. He's like, you fucking blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. How old how old are you then? You're 18. 18. Oh, fucking yeah, 18, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's fucking Full on. all those jobs are those like uh, it happens in kitchens as well, but all those manual labor jobs are fucking the tempers that fellas have on these fucking buildings. Like, yeah. I was on building sites for years. The fucking tempers that fellas have like and then do the weirdest shit as well. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I hate it was one side I was on for two years. You you have to use the toilets. You'd never want to have to do a shit basically, because I'm like, I'm not going to those fucking cubicles because you do not know what the fuck you're gonna find in there. And like the fellas would be taking a shit on the cistern just for the fucking you know, just for just so that you open the go, ah Jesus. <laughs> so that's all the reason they fucking do it. And some of the some of the stuff that 
is written inside the toilets in permanent marker like, lads, please flush the toilets. The culture's lead anything. <laughs> <laughs> just, just mental. Oh, culture's for everyone listening outside is uh, anyone that. Anyone from outside Dublin. Outside Dublin. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. That's what dubs call yeah. anyone from outside Dublin. Labouring yeah. jobs. Are, there's no like HR to say, look, that's inappropriate behaviour. <laughs> Shouting at this young yeah. minor yeah. Yeah. Uh, and throwing a chainsaw at him. That's not acceptable behavior. There's just, you know, it's just free yeah. for all. So oh, absolutely. Don't get sent off on the, like, the apprentice errands as well. Like, you know, go in there and look for the skirt and ladder. You know, you've gone for half an hour looking for the this stripe ladder. paint. Yeah. yeah, the stripe paint. Yeah, the stripe paint. The long wait. Yeah, the long wait is a big one. Yeah, or the long stand. Yeah. And where were you working construction? I started off with a, a company. My first place was a company that made like wooden rooms for your back garden. You know, those types of things. Um, So they had a factory where they were mostly pre-made in the factory, like Ikea, basically. And then they'd be shipped out to whatever house they're being put in and then you assemble it. Um, So you basically put them together in a day. And then the plaster would have to come in and plaster the inside of it. And the sparks would have to wire it. And then uh, we'd do the second fix then, like hang the internal doors and uh, do the skirt and the architrave and all that kind of stuff. So that was, yeah, that was the first one. And then I worked for like another couple of uh, big, this was Celtic Tiger time. So like I finished 2007 and then, yeah, it was December 2007 I finished and January 20, 2008, <laughs> the crash happened. But I was I was already on the way out anyway. Uh, I was trying to get out right. of it anyway. <clears throat> I, I you just, were trying to leave or that were just like... I just didn't, like, I, I was only doing a carpentry apprenticeship because it was a way to get out of school. That was literally the only reason I did it. And I did try, like I did well at the exams and all that kind of stuff and I did knuckle down to it, but um, it just wasn't for me at the time. And I, it was a horrible, it was Celtic Tiger. No one gave a fuck. Like, if, if I was to go back... Like, I know some of the apartments around this city, by the way. I'm like, I'm not going to I wouldn't be buying that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, just the materials they would use. Like, they would make skirting boards and architrave out of MDF, which is basically a combination of dust and glue, right? So, whole apartments are fitted out with this stuff. The, the doors and everything... There would be, there would have been like floods or plumbing went wrong or whatever like that. As soon as water hits that, they go, <laughs> they just triple in size and they're useless. They're not, they're like, they're like cardboard, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. It was just a weird. Yeah, loads of lads got into it. Some lads did very well, finished their apprenticeship, managed to get to Australia, where still to this day you can make decent money as a, yeah, as a yeah, trader. Yeah, a lot Australia. of chippy mates. Yeah, lots of chippies over there. So you could do very well out of it, but. Uh, yeah, it just wasn't for me. Because you got at that stage in my life, I had done nothing creative. Like I'd no, I wasn't in acting. I wasn't. I was no, no. performing. Did, no comedy. It, or nothing. I didn't know. Like, about, did you like? Did you like watching it? Like, I didn't even. Yeah, I'd, I'd been to. I knew uh, when I was a kid, I would have known Billy Connolly was a comedian. So that would be my context as to what a comedian was. But what I've known around the time of my apprenticeship, I know uh, the lads brought me to see Tommy Tiernan in uh, Vicker Street. Really? Um, but I had still didn't have a concept of. You know that this was a thing. I, yeah. I never looked at him and like I'll be doing that or anything like that. No. Yeah. Uh, and then I just I, the first thing I did creatively was like nineteen. I started writing songs because of a guy I made friends with. So I uh, learned a bit of guitar, and then by the time I was like twenty two, twenty three, I was in a band for a couple of years. Hey. So that was fucking what was the band great. called? It was called Fathom at first, and then it was the Brass Necks. But oh. uh, it was only a year and a half because the drummer fucked. It's always the drummer, isn't it? Fucking went to Australia. <laughs> My brother's come up three times in this podcast, I realise. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he went off to Australia and then we got a new drummer who was amazing. But that's the, the amazing drummers are always mad, aren't they? So he was like three weeks or three months into rehearsals. He was like, what, what, uh, will we play jazz, lads? Will we? And we're like, okay, right. I, think, I think Bob's done with the band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what kind of, was it rock? It was in, uh, we, we, yeah, it was like it was. That was indie rock was big at the time. Somebody, uh, it was one newspaper did a review of one gig that we did. They called us the Arctic Monkeys on crack. 
I thought it was a compliment. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, you I could like use that for your stand-up quotes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I loved it. There's what was some sing? of the songs? Did you sing? It? I sang, wrote the songs, and played uh, play guitar. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, what were some of the songs, or what was the? Well, there's the one angst? on YouTube that you can see if you if yes. you Google uh, Mersey Trip, me us playing in Whelan's, and it was a song I wrote based off. We had gone over to Liverpool to do a gig because we had a friend who. Um, own this cool bar called, or was a part ownership called uh, Heebie Jeebies, which is very, if you're in Liverpool, everyone in Liverpool will, will know this is like a very well known place, lots of live music. And the same people own that used to own, or still own the Jacaranda, which is the first place that the Beatles ever played. Hey. So it's got quite big, uh, so it was cool for us to go play over there. And, but uh, <laughs> I don't name names. Let's say a friend of the family <laughs> got us a big, massive bag of weed, right? <laughs> I remember we paid 50 sterling for it. And uh, there was four of us for the whole weekend, and we still didn't get through that bag of weed. That's how much it was. Oh. Yeah, there was just, I remember being absolutely out of it in the apartment that, that we were staying in. I remember stuff like <laughs> my brother sitting there for hours with an umbrella, just putting it up and putting it down, <laughs> putting it up and putting it down. Uh, my cousin, uh, who was the bass player, he has no recollection of drawing this, but he's a, he's now an, uh, an art teacher, but in uh, he was in NCAD at the time. And uh, so he's good at drawing and all that stuff. He's no recollection of this. I remember my brother was wearing a box of Frosties on his head at one point. Oh, sure. they, yeah. Because they're the great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I still have this drawing somewhere. On the inside of the box, there was a pencil drawing of me asleep on the couch. I obviously nodded off. But um, there was Skittles, you know, bowling ball Skittles at the top of my head. But they all had faces on them like... Like that, right? And there was a bowling ball running up my body, like a really angry face, and I had two spider legs, and it was running after the skills. And I'm asleep. <laughs> I have that drawing at home. So the lyri- those lyrics ended up in the song, like as bowling balls chase skittles, we draw each other in our fuss. Welcome to this laughing Mersey town, you know, kind hey. of a bit of a bit of a trippy kind of a lyrical thing that only the four of us in the band know. But it was a really catchy tune, a really catchy riff as well. And now us, um, that's great, man. That's what. Rock songs should be about drugged up, yeah, <laughs> lying around, yeah. Because we we had gone to do our our, our our early when we were doing the gig in Liverpool, we probably only had ten songs or whatever. We just did a half hour set, but then you know you have experiences like that together. Then you start to you know you naturally write stuff like that, you know. Um, and it's very visual what what I was experiencing trip wise. How trip. fucking strong is this weed, man? Like I yeah, it was pretty full on, but there was still half of it. There was half the bag left. We definitely got a bargain, whatever it was. <laughs> Do you ever sing on stage now? Do you ever use that? Yeah, I don't kind of... Because, th- th- like, writing songs came from a very different place for me. So I don't know if I... I have thought about... I might, like, the way we were talking about Lee Evans earlier on, the way that he closes off um, yeah. a show or something, I might do that. Mm. I could see myself doing that. And not necessarily even being funny or, like, just even singing a cover or whatever. A sing-song to close off the show type of mm. a vibe. So I might do that all right. But you tried it, didn't you? I didn't sing, but I did like guitar, guitar gags. Yes, I yeah. used like effect pedals. Yeah, well, the one of them was like a sound of a car driving with distortion. So you could, like, Very good. Like, yeah, fucking yeah, 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 yeah. There's nice. a bottle slide, and then it was a car crash. I'd make a big sound there. That is the song. Uh, that is the sound of Brexit. Because I did uh, listen some, to the. F- <laughs> and then I had like a bunch of others where I, yeah, just like kind of create sounds sound effects almost yeah. on the guitar and then like with punchlines in and around nice because uh, i did listen to the fred cook episode or cook as maybe he likes to be pronounced. Cook, yeah. but 
it is another thing. It's definitely yeah. like what, what he's doing is like, you know, it's like, I haven't figured that out yet. And to yeah. me, that doesn't relate. It doesn't necessarily mean because I can sing and write songs and I can do stand up. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a, that's a natural yeah. crossover kind it's, of a thing. It's, it's a big investment in, because I did that for just only a couple of months. And I uh, would get like, but I had like maybe four gags with the yeah. guitar and they, they worked. But I was like, man, you got to lug a guitar and effects yeah. pedal, arrive early to every gig, set that shit up. Yes. All that investment in time. And I was like, for four gags? And I was like, ah, I'm not bringing this guitar anymore. But Fred obviously is a musical act. So then yes. it's like, it's integrated completely into the whole it's set. It's what he does. It's yeah, what yeah. he does. Yeah. And if you want to go down that road, like, you got to be willing to completely change yourself up, fucking start bombing, you know, yes. to figure things out. Yeah, absolutely. Got one of the lads uh, on in the band from back, I mean, we broke up a long time ago now, but uh, is coming on the road with me for a couple of my tour shows for the stand-up now because he just wants to come along and, and check out the vibe and all that kind of thing. But uh, he was like, hey, you, don't, you don't have to bring anything. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's yeah. like, you're fucking joking me. Like, my Ford Focus at the time was like rammed with the drum kit and the work. All of it in a yeah. Ford Focus, the whole band. In a Ford Focus, man, yeah. <laughs> no, the la- two of them had to get the bus, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's either your equipment or you. You take a But you'd be so, you'd, you'd, you'd be juggling so many things. I remember one time driving down the Ongar Road in Dublin 15. I think it was on the way to the Whelan's gig. Just about got the, the guitarist in the passenger seat and you had, you're under pressure for time. I was on the phone organising something with the venue eating a fucking pizza Domino's <laughs> off my lap while driving down the Anger Road <laughs> at the same time and I remember talking like this going this is quite impressive actually yeah. <laughs> they're great days that's the one thing Like I, I love stand-up but that is the one thing that I miss about uh, doing live work is like when you feel like you're part of a gang it's yeah. fucking brilliant yeah. It's yeah. even though you obviously fucking want to kill each other at the same time as well it's great crack it is it's great it's great crack do you, with do you ever get that feeling we, we've done theatre as well so that kind of has a similar vibe where you mm. go for pints with the crew and everyone yes. in the cast but do you ever get that I saw gotten this feeling like in Edinburgh Fringe you finish a solo show and you could have had a, the best show ever the audience come out saying oh we loved it thanks so much yes. blah 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 and then you know, within 10 minutes after the show, all the audience have left and then there's just this empty fucking room with whatever, 80 seats and they're just empty and it's just you alone looking around. You're like, oh, what what now? Because you've just had this great big high and then it's just a vacuum of nothing. Absolutely. "Uh," You're like, send a message. Are you around? Can anyone help me with my calm down? Yeah. Um, (laughs) I find that's the important thing about having an opening act on the road when you're you're traveling with your own show. Your own show, like, I mean, I have ninety percent of it's just being good company, yeah. and that's where they have been an apprentice. Like, because I've been an opening act for so many people, that's what's helped me being an apprentice in the past. I think that's partly why I'm good at it because I understand how to feed what the other person is doing. Mm. If, if that makes sense, and you've got to be a good apprentice essentially yeah. to all, all all these other acts. But yeah, just having somebody to chat with on the road, you know, like it's my second tour was my first time kind of bringing somebody all the time with me, and and uh, it's just company is really important. <laughs> like it's yeah. so important. Yeah. To have the good conversations and to have the uh, and exactly what you're saying for the come down afterwards. Yeah. It's just like it can be fucking brutal. Yeah, especially you know? if you've got like a two hour drive home. You get off, yeah. everyone's left, empty stage, and you're like, then you're driving alone. You're like, fucking hell. Oh, yeah, there's nothing. There's not. Des Bishops did like, he, he told me, he'd done like, I don't know how many tours on his own. I'm like, how the fuck did you do yeah. it? For like, because back in the day, it seems like people did, maybe you'll know better, people seem to do way longer shows, like two hour shows sometimes and all this stuff. But I fucking, 
I, you know, that's you need the company. Mm. You know, I think that's the only reason I get I get half the work I do. I'm good company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if nothing yeah, else, yeah, yeah. well, he can hang a door and he can cook, so he's coming on the road. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel hilarious, but you're like awful chat or awful to hang out with. You're not going to get booked for it. No as way. Much. No, no, no. Way. That's a hard no part way. of this. No gig way. Comedy, yeah. I, even even in clubs, if you're just really bad company, they'll be like, eh, "We'll get him in next year." Exactly, you know? exactly. That's 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 all part of it. But th- th- I think in the stand-up game, it's a little bit hard because we are all individuals doing our own thing. So it can be hard to kind of. And you guys are doing it on some level because you you run a club together. But it's great to be doing something with more than one person. I actually started teaching in the last year, and I love that because that gives me some sense of camaraderie because I'm like helping all these uh, people who are starting it out for the first time. So you do feel a sense of part of a, a team and they're going to do their showcase in the next couple of weeks. And uh, Oh, yeah? I, how, yeah, yeah? How old are these uh, are the students? Oh, it's a complete mix. It's a complete yeah. mix from 20s to 50s. What? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the whole range of all these different angles of stand-up or whatever they want to talk uh, about. And... Twelve completely unique different voices. It's Excellent. amazing. It's amazing. And especially as when you helping, what I love about helping other people do their, do their own thing, I have no sense of, oh, I'm going to, not a, like, I love just being part of the team to help people out, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so when they perform on the night, I have no sense of like, I want to get up and do, not at all. It's just like, this is for you guys and let's have a bit of crack doing it and let's have a bit of fun doing it. So What did you learn about comedy given workshops? to groups uh, how to, to tell jokes and <laughs> it's funny about te- teaching people stuff is that like you have to kind of learn it for yourself in a different way because you got to be able to articulate it yeah so so much of what we do is on instinct and so much of the things that and we also don't give ourselves enough credit that's one thing i've learned we don't give enough ourselves enough credit for the amount of work that we do do the amount well, of no, things that we do think about mm, yeah because you know? we have to be hard on ourselves and a lot of us have low self-esteem anyway yeah, or whatever, whatever it is that makes us want to have to get yes. up. Yes, yeah, yeah, but yeah. we have to be hard on ourselves, otherwise we don't get better. Because yeah. no one else, no one's directing us. No one gives a fuck. Ourselves. If you're not hard on yourself, you're fucked. Yeah. But then when you're teaching, you go, "No, well, I do know this, yeah. so you can teach it." Otherwise, you'd be that, like, "I don't know what to do." That I don't is, know. That is the <laughs> thing that is shocking. That that's the thing. That's the moment that makes you realize the work that you've put in. Because you're standing there watching somebody starting from nothing, and then you realize, uh, "Oh, right." No, you do not hold a mic like that. No, mm. you don't start off with saying that. No, I can't hear you. Stop looking at the ground. But all that mm. stuff. Yeah. No, that's not how you write a joke. Do you know what I mean? Oh, blah, 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 blah. And you realize we've, by, it's kind of like by default, by all the, all the work that we've put in to try to make our own thing work, you're actually picking up shitloads of skills yeah. all over the place. And, and it's just about articulating it and putting it. For me, it was like trying to put it together in a really simplistic format so that people could understand it and they're not overwhelmed. And from the way I thought about it, anyway, it was a brick laying process, basically. So I spent three weeks on working on persona alone. Forget about material. Forget yeah. about writing jokes. Forget about all that stuff. What is it that you've got in there that we can start playing with? Because uh, that came from a James Acaster line that I heard him say in, a, in an interview once where he said, um, quite often loads of people have really well written, really good material, but it's not for them. It's, not, it's for the wrong persona. Mm. And we all know that. Like, we can't do each other's jokes. It won't work because mm. it has to be for the persona. So um, I, f- that kind of uh, resonated with me. And I spent, th- I spent three weeks with them just playing around with their persona. Then we go into writing. And then after that, three weeks of writing and then three weeks of performance. But by the time they come to writing, they have a much clearer idea of who they're writing for. Because they have a very clear idea of like what I'm going to be on stage, even though they have never been on stage yet. Yeah, but that helps with the writing too, because they're like, "What angle am I going from?" Yeah, the the, the, the exactly. persona of me that I've picked exactly to go on down that angle. So yeah, they're like, yeah. "I know what my character would do yeah. in that situation." Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, the yeah. first question really that you look. So at. then, all, all those things that you have to pressurize yourself in order to be able to articulate to somebody else. 
means that you you can turn it all back in yourself. Then you can, yeah, why aren't you doing that? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Why aren't you doing that work? Or why don't you start on, at this point to get to, to the next point or whatever? And it just gives you more tools, I think. Over. Well, sex and drugs and rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> quick, <laughs> quick break. Yeah. We want to talk into voice of Love Island Australia, which I'm... Oh, yeah! From Reroar. Our lovely sponsor, Irish Lager. I'm going to give you a bag of cans. For me. For you. Oh, oh guys, you. i got to put... Is that the tote bag and all? Oh, yeah. thanks very much. Irish Lager. It, uh, brewed uh, which, which in Wicklow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the instinct we're talking about. <laughs> that that's the instinct. <laughs> Thank you, Rira, and uh, you can follow me on the Stephen Mullen <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to send me more cans. <laughs> more cans, more cans. It's a lovely new lager from uh, Wicklow. Wicklow. Yep. Oops, sorry, nearly fucking dropped it there. Oh, oh, that, I love the busker. Do you remember Rira August Lulu in the in the Irish books back in the day in school? Ah, oh, Rira August Rira Lulu. Lulu I knew the few, fucking new Rira from that? somewhere. What is Rira? Characters, they were like, I think Rira was a fox and Lulu was a pig, I could be wrong, but in just when we were learning Irish, just the school books, there was these characters, Rira and Lulu and... Mm. Just, just like basic little Irish sentence. Fi yeah. Rira August Lulu, so shopper. It's a nice um, one. So, like, uh, it's funny, what band, when, when did the band split? Uh, the band split in like uh, I think it was like 2008 I kind of pursued it for a little bit and I, I would do stuff like I would sing like in hotel lobbies you know that guy who's on the guitar singing covers and I you ha- did that yeah I hated myself for it because I felt I was selling out <laughs> you know what I mean what like Sweet Caroline or what stuff yeah fucking yeah Neil Young Heart of Gold or fucking right. The Water Boys Fisherman's Blues and all that that's kind of stuff that's a great one that is good um, which now I, I you know it, it's fun but then um I read Christy Dignam's... Jesus, this is a story. I read Christy Dignam's autobiography at the time. He had done one much earlier than the recent one. He mentioned this singing coach in the Belcanto School of Singing in North Dublin. I must have Googled it. I don't know if it was Google at the time. Yeah, that would have been. Uh, and I went down and I kind of uh, learned how to sing diff- Belcanto-style singing for a year. Oh, yeah? And then as part of that, I, the daytime I was working with a charity where we were... So I'd left the building at this stage and gone to a charity where we helped guys coming out of Mount Joy to get them back into the workplace or get them into further education. And sing at them. Yeah, and I'd sing at them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what um, job would you like? <laughs> Stephen, um, tone it down there. Yeah. You've and, done uh, your time. <laughs> now is your time to shine. Do the book. You don't need to shove things up your ass anymore <laughs> if you don't want to. <laughs> What's jailbreak? I need to think about jailbreak. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, so then, uh, I, I, do you know what? It was part of helping them going off to do what they wanted in life. I was 24 at the time. I hadn't, I dropped out of school. I just and you can't, didn't even know what you wanted to do. I didn't know. Oh, like, that's literally why I left. I was just yeah. like, hold on a second. You guys are, I'm helping you get to do what you want to do. And I don't want the fuck. So I just left that job. Um, just uh, applied to a load of PLC courses. I got on to introduction to th- to TV and film, actually. I lasted a week in there, and the teacher goes, I'm just taking the piss out of everything. He goes, there's a theatre fucking thing downstairs, you should join that instead. And in my head, I was like, I'll get this FeedTech level five, and I'll go on and do communications in DCU. I had a clue what any of this shit meant. But down there, um, they did an acting class once a week, and uh, from that... The, the tutor was very good. She was like, you, need to, you should go to drama school. I didn't really know what that was. And she kind of introduced me to RADA and all these places and all that. So I got to the final round of auditions in RADA, which was like the last 50 or 100 out of 4,500. And, and I had never even acted like I hadn't even... I was and RADA is... The Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts oh, in nice. London. Oh, jeez. Um, and then... Uh, so the audition for here, here for London? 
No, I had to go to London to do it. Yeah, yeah right. I flew over to London to do it. I got into a few, but in my head, I was like, well, if I don't get to that one, what's the point? I'll just be an actor. <laughs> like a fucking, like, this is the arrogance of not knowing, like, do you know what yeah. I mean? I wrote a funny email. As if every good actor ever <laughs> had to go to RADA. You yeah. know? That's yeah, exactly, that was that's, what was going on in yeah. my fucking head. And then I wrote a funny email. There you go, comedy got me there. A funny email to, I just Googled the three agencies that were, that I knew acting agencies at the time in Dublin. One of them got back to me and said, Maureen Hughes, you know Maureen, uh, liked your email, <laughs> she got wind of it somehow, brought me in for an audition for a TV show called Raw. Do you remember that? Yeah. They were too afraid. Apparently, the director told me afterwards he was too afraid to cast me. He was like, you were very good, but I just didn't fucking trust you. I didn't know what you were going to fucking do. Or not. You've, ne- <laughs> you've never acted before, and all of a sudden you're fucking doing this audition. So Gary Hines, the director of Druid, uh, took a punt on me and gave me a job, and that's how I became a professional. What was actor. the play you got with Gary Hines? Big Maggie, 2012. Wow, Ashley yeah. O'Sullivan was Big Maggie, and Keith Duffy played Teddy Healan. Pete Duffy from, from Boys Home. Yeah, yeah. No, Sarah Green was in it. What character were you? I was Mick Palpin, the angry, the angry uh, guy who, who takes the money box at the beginning of the play and fakes wow. off. Man, it's, I fucking saw that play. I must have seen you, probably, you, you in it. You probably did it. You probably did, yeah. yeah. No um, way. Sarah Green was in it, who's gone off to do, like, she's a bit of a, a star. She was, like, in movies with Bradley Cooper. Charlie Murphy was in it. She was in Peaky Blinders. That, yeah, they really went they really your went first acting after. job and you're here with... But see, the problem with that was that I was like, oh, this is easy. So you just think no, you're going to yeah. get another one after that. And it was like, then you did feck all. Did, what, did you do other stuff with Druid as well? Uh, no, that was this. Yeah, that was this. Yeah, I just did that one. That run. Big Mac. Is that John B. Keen? Is it so- John B. Keen, yeah. Yeah, I heard it. someone told me a story last night. No way. Yeah, about you. I'm pat- about me? Yeah, about they you. They did not. They did. Oh, here we go. Is this the, the house party that you went to when you were sitting yeah, next to that Yeah, you're bringing up a nudists. The so they don't know me, those nudists. <laughs> so several nudists came in and said, hey, you yeah. made it, Stephen Mullins. Yeah. I was like, how do you know? <laughs> this is what happens on Patty's night just, just quickly. You know when you... That was, okay, a separate thing happened with the nudist last night. But uh, <laughs> another th- story. That, so I was having a drink with someone from Kerry. I'm not going to name names. Uh, starts with a G, ends in uh, any, uh, Z. But... Uh, they said to me that the their Jilsey brother, Fitz. Jilsey Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> Jilsey, I was thinking for a second. Yeah, Jilsey yeah. Fitz from like pretty much from Lestol. That's right. From yeah. the, the land of John B. Keane. Yes. Her brother yeah. was on the final round. Oh, no, I think he had the part in <laughs> Big Maggie that you had, that you got in the end. Right. <laughs> so he was kind of already cast. Right. Right. And he's from Lestol. And yeah. uh, now... Maybe they gave this as an excuse or whatever, but they told him. So obviously, they then they saw Stephen Mullen after maybe they had cast this guy, and they're like, "Oh, actually, we're going to go with Stephen. This this guy's smashing it." And then they we come, don't know we, we can't trust him. It's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> this guy hasn't a fucking clue what he's at. We're going with him. I want to see what happens. He comes in. He comes in a different stage door every scene. <laughs> <laughs> he crawled on stage. Like, like, he improvises all the lines. <laughs> he, he's wearing different outfits. Like he, he wore a Victorian. He burst dress. in one day and said, "No, I'm Big Maggie." <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, you are not Big Maggie. <laughs> okay, but so we loved it. Stop blocking me. Stop blocking me. I'm doing my thing. Here. <laughs> um, um, you wrote the play that went wrong so, without even knowing. So, so, so Jilty Fitz's brother, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was a brother, uh, got cast in this play. Then, yeah, then he was told, actually, sorry, uh, that role is gone. Gonna, it's gone. We're giving it, we've given it to someone else. And he said, why? And this is what they said to him. He's from Lestol, where the play is set. He's they gonna- said to him, Actually, your accent wasn't strong enough. This other guy's accent works better. Oh. And he's like, I'm from Lestol. 
<laughs> Where, and then I'm from Cork. Found out, you know, he watched it in the end. He saw you and he goes, this guy's from Cork. We <laughs> <laughs> found out you're from Cork. I'm sure you did a good job. Now, maybe it wasn't. And he quit acting because of it. <laughs> well, he can sign up to my new comedy course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe should be a stand-up instead. Yeah. Now, uh, now it might have been. It was definitely me because they did. They brought that production back like four or five years later. But half of us had gone all over the place, and they had to do a completely different casts for, like, for example, Sarah and Charlie weren't available. So there was a look part of it as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, so then you, they, did you do the second? I tour? did the first one. You did the first one because I went down to meet John B's family. I met his wife, uh, who's since passed, Lord Rester, and uh, Billy, his son. Uh, and they were great. I went down to, and to check the accent. But the North Kerry accent isn't, it's not the same as the South Kerry accent. But anyway, Kerry is it's like a soft, Cork it, it's a <laughs> no, softer, it's like a softer Cork accent with a little it, bit of a... Li- the North, certainly not, because I mean, it's not far from Limerick, you see. So yeah. Stole, you know, it's not far. So it's, uh, but whereas, the, whereas the, yeah, the, 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 if you're down to Calcivino, you'd be a bit more like, you know, the Michael Healy Rays of the world kind of a thing, you know, kind of like this. But uh, yeah, I can't remember what the, what the list was. That was good. Damo, can you do a Kerry accent now? No, I can't, no. <laughs> no, no, I can't. I definitely can't. He can do Jamaican though. <laughs> yeah, very good with the old Jamaican accent. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, it was that, that, was, that was a mad time, but it was also like, you kind of think that, uh, you think that it's easy then, you know, and you just get another job, whatever like that. And the, the reality is like, obviously luck is when what a, opportunity and whatever good fortune me or whatever I was lucky in that moment but then after that it was pretty bloody hard you know because then you had like the other big the Abbey Theatre and the gate I'm like oh, we'll see what this fucker's all about kind of a thing because my dad said it to me at the time and he's probably right Druid are a bit they're fucking great aren't they they're yeah, like they're, they're, great. they're I did a play with them a while, yeah they're great they're kind of rebels in the theatre scene a little bit and uh, I think they like to do stuff like that. I cast them like me to kind of go, no, there you go. We fucking, this guy came out of nowhere. But then when, you know, you go to the gate and, and the abbey or whatever, like, sorry, you haven't trained. You know, kind of an attitude mm. was like, it was a bit, uh, it was a bit So tricky. Gary Hines is famous for being an amazing director and also having a bit of a temper. Speaking, speaking of, of tempers. Speaking of tempers. <laughs> you want to fuck around with her rakes, let me tell you, Dave. He threw chainsaws across yeah. the stage. And it's a sheep. Uh, oh, she. Yeah, 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 we, had this, we had this chat yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, right. uh, she is. She is amazing. But the thing in that production was we never. We only experienced the, the infamous Gary's temper once, but uh, it's because Ashley O'Sullivan was the lead. So they're two like powerhouses. Like Ashling is like. <laughs> What an energy she is. So they did butt head once, you know, in the rehearsal room. And I swear to God, it was just like screaming heads off. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see that in the fucking county final halftime dressing room, like the way the two yeah. of them went on. And then it was like, once it ended, it was it. And they just got on with the scene. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was amazing to see that. Like, that's how passionate they, they were about it. Like, you know. Yeah. Eddie asked Gary a question. And uh, she was just like, "What was she saying?" Oh yeah, I think we chat. Did we chat about this before? So yeah, I, yeah. You go. Why would it? Why do I have to stand here? No. So she she told me. I mean, I was in the ensemble. It was I, like, and I think I had only like a handful of lines or something in this play. But I um, she said to me, actually, no, you, you come in at this point instead, and come in from that door, and just stop in the center of the room, look around, and then walk on on this line. So she was blocking it in her head. Yeah. And then I, in my head, I was like. I was like kind of new enough to acting and I was like, well, what's my, in my head, I'm like, what's my character's motivation to just like walk in, stop and then just like march back out. And I was like, and I, I can't remember. Yeah, I asked her, I was like, oh yeah, uh, just wondering, yeah, why, why would I come in at that point? And she said, I don't give a fuck why you come in. You just <laughs> fucking come in. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah. Start the scene. Exactly. exactly. I was like, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough. Like, you know, yeah. you, you wouldn't be surprised to hear her. She, does, I don't have t- she doesn't have time for exactly. this shit. Exactly. You know, figure it out. Go. If she, if she, yeah, you wouldn't be surprised to hear her going, why? Because I'm paying you. Get on to fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be the attitude. I got, it, I got it once. I thought it was one of the funniest things ever because... That, do you know what talking about the casting thing? Like, I got changed character uh, the first three days into rehearsal. So I was huh? supposed to play uh, Morris, who was the eldest of the siblings, and I got switched to Mick. And I was—I remember being gutted at the time because, especially in those times, um, th- being the eldest meant something. It meant that you were going to get the land versus mm. somebody versus the, the the wife of the deceased or whatever like that. Blah blah blah. And so I'd, I'd done so much research into the whole thing, and then I was just getting switched to this guy. But then I got it in the end because it's the dynamic of the other person. It didn't work because he had to be the hothead. But mm. um, it wasn't believable it, that then you know th- that if I was the hothead, I just had bigger energy. Therefore. The other guy would be a bit more wimpy about the whole thing. It mm. didn't work in the dam between the two of us. But I'm, but she like literally just like uh, by the way you're going to be playing him now. I'm like <laughs> you've learned all the lines of the whole character, the whole yeah. thing, and you just fucking get on with it. But the best she did to me was uh, in the middle of the scene, and my character bursts in the door and he's fucking fuming. He's about to rob the money box and tell them all that you go fuck yourself. I'm out of here. That's it. And he takes all the money. And uh, so I burst in the door. They've had the re- a fake rehearsal door, you know. One of the, it just has the architrave and the door into it. Yeah. I burst into the door in the rehearsal room like that. She goes, okay, stop, stop, stop. And she goes, Charlie, can you do a bit more of this? Paul, can you do a bit more of this? And blah, blah. And I like, like the way you're working on that. Okay, we'll go again. Oh, yeah, and Stephen, can you stop coming through the door like fucking John Wayne, will you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> ego down like that. Yeah, I was like, yeah. uh, as soon as she said John Wayne, I was like, yeah, that's it. That is very John Wayne. Yeah, 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 yeah. John Wayne. She cut straight to the core. Exactly. Does. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. amazing she's amazing and then, so did you find that when you acted in the first one were you like okay this is this is me now i was after rehearsal was done and we, the, the lights went up on the opening night in galway i was kind of like right that's great that's that's done now and it's like well you're doing it for another five months i'm like oh my god i was just uh, <laughs> fucking i was like i'm not fucking doing it Do you know what i mean it was just yeah. bored and it's, it's be very hard to get me into rehearsal i did another production of something else it'd be very hard to get me in a rehearsal room again now it's just too fucking much yeah it's, it's a too lot boring. jesus it's, it's exhausting it's and boring exhausting. it's just Do like fucking make a decision again. and crack on with it Do you know what i mean it's yeah like, the yeah. freedom of stand up is fucking great exactly. where even if you're on tour doing your own show if you're on tour for a year two whatever yeah. you're like well I'm just going to throw a new bit exactly. in here and there you can decide what you want to do every fucking night every night you just add oh, absolute freedom you're like it's my show I'll actually cut this whole chunk out today I couldn't you know you're yeah, just like yeah. can't keep doing the same thing every night and then you just keep I changing. love it yeah because because my friends you know at week three everyone's like I am sick of my show like yes. I've never had that yeah because yeah, yeah. If I'm sick of a bit, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. another bit will come exactly. along. And- that, that's what I think being a comedian is closer to being in a band than it is to, to being an actor. For me, anyway. Because, it, like, my relationship to being in a band was, like, write a song, bring it to the lads, we kind of put a few riffs, we put it together, and then just go play to an audience. It's as simple as that. Mm. Whereas yeah. as an actor, you got to wait for somebody else to write the fucking thing for you, and you have to get, get hope someone else likes it, so you get the fucking job, blah, blah, blah. You need, By the way, you, if anyone's you, casting anything, I'm totally happy to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need a truckload of funding, then. You need a truckload you of funding. Need, you you need, can't just go make it. You yeah. need all these other people to decide it is worth making, and, yeah. and, and sometimes that's all fucking... box ticking exercises, and, yeah. you know, uh, so yeah, it's such a long, long process. I'm making a too. film. That yeah, is, is exactly yeah. that is the buzz for me personally. That's the buzz for me of, of comedy is like I made something, it works. That's the buzz. Mm. That mm. is the buzz for me. Not even as much the, the laughter. It's like I made something. And yeah, I remember my related. first open mic gig I did because I was doing acting prior to that. Did one open mic, wrote it a few days prior, uh, practiced it a bit, went up, did it, 
it went fairly well for a first gig. Yeah. But it was that that thing afterwards. I was like, man, I just fucking made that out of thin air. Yes. I just fucking yes. wrote a few things, got That's a few laughs, and I was like, this, I can just keep doing this? You know, yeah. I'm not asking anyone for anything. I can just get up again next week and do that, or then tomorrow. Exactly. And then I was like, I'm in straight away just fucking that's the kick for me yeah it's the creative satisfaction and that's where you learn like because lots of friends that I was with in acting and all that kind of stuff they're still enamoured with acting they still love it they still love getting involved and all that I just don't have the patience yeah, for it, it takes I for do your not patience. have the patience the patience to wait three months six months for your next big gig to come along yeah and to be I, I could yeah and to do something that you mightn't even fucking like that much yeah or, and then you moved to London were you pursuing acting? Or yeah, I moved on to pursue acting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, what happened was, like, I couldn't take the... Re- it's funny, I couldn't take the rejection of the acting, but then you become a comedian. Is there any more, re- <laughs> more like, <laughs> harsh... Yeah, I had, I think, a counter at the time. I was, like, five projects that I was really working hard to try and get, and get, get off the ground. <laughs> that idea just... It was just Imagine if we went off at a crowd uh, in a play the way you do when you're on stage. You know, like, all three of us, you oh, know, yeah. if somebody's like, come on, guys... That is funny. Or, you know, when you... Yeah, 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 Like, imagine if you did your line, it didn't get in response in a play, and you're like, that's brilliant! You see what just happened there with this character? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull apart the joke. Blame the audience. (laughs) The writing. You see, the character that came in early, that was a taught for that. (laughs) You Call back, you fucking idiot! (laughs) The only time I've seen that was when I I went to um, a school in Cabra, and they brought the English teacher brought brought us out to see Macbeth in the Olympia one night. Of course, we all got fucking buckled. And uh, turned up, and the cast. You were actually heckling s- Macbeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cast actually stopped and started talking to you. You fucking have you got any fucking manners in the last? Macbeth, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking. I remember the teacher because she sat were, next were to me. Were they talking back to you in iambic pentameter? No, they were just fucking fuming. <laughs> they were, they were in, fuming. In Shakespearean. No, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember. Hector comes. If like, thou don't uh, the, the yeah, silence yeah, yeah. thy limbs, thou dunst brains. Doing thy mail. But I, but I actually didn't do anything because the teacher had me sit next to her from the start because she didn't fucking trust me. And then it was all the other lads that were fucking buckled. Fucking, yeah. Macbeth, you prick. The and trust. Was, she grabs my leg like this. I'm like, oh, miss. And she's like, stop it. Tell him to stop it now. I was like, it's not me. I'm fucking here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she was fucking mortified. I think they had a break and they fucked us all out. <laughs> I, I was doing a tour of like a kind of educational theatre. Osgelga. Oh, we were doing a play. Oh, what was the fucking name of the play? Rerol. Rerol. The stage version, <laughs> the fox and the pig, comes to the gaiety theatre. Gia, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, No, it was a very raw. <laughs> it was a very serious play, and I was playing this pervy, uh, pervy man. But anyway, how'd you get that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even in the play; it just creeped yeah. on. I actually got. <laughs> The director told me off. We were, we, we were like into the run two weeks in, three weeks in, and the uh, the director had like directed it a certain way. Yeah. Then he came and watched it. He's, he was not happy with the changes I made to the to the character <laughs> throughout the run. Just, like, the, pervy, the perviness went up 10% each night because I realized I get bigger laughs the more yeah. pervy the guy was. Oh, yeah. right. So by the time, like two weeks in, I was getting like, I was coming on getting a laugh. Pervy move number two, big laugh. Perv- I just had like yeah. pervy moves throughout the scene. 
And um, and then I, the director like took me aside after. He goes, Eddie, what? what Eddie, have stop you done? taking your trousers off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put your trousers back on and come in. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "This, that's a serious scene, Eddie." I was like, <laughs> I was "Not like, anymore. <laughs> you can't be banging your scrotum off the table during that scene." <laughs> Playing the helicopter <laughs> <laughs> with sunglasses on and a, a big Mac coat, a big Macca. Anyone want a newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> call back, people. Call back. Heavy breathing. I'm playing. Creepy man, like <laughs> I was like a side, I was like a side character though. You know, I was supposed to come in, like be a bit creepy, say a couple of lines, get off. I came in, I was like the star of the scene. You know, I just yeah. stole the fucking show. <laughs> and, like, who is this lunatic creep who's come in? Did somebody say bun? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Chaps and I wasn't asked back to that theater company. Oh, again. Amazing. What were we talking about? Prior you know, the educational play. Oh yeah, fucking talking about teenage audiences. Fuck oh, me. Yeah, yeah. We're doing it in uh we're doing it in Galway on, on Tyviark Theatre. And there was uh, a school in, man. There it was all Leavenser students because this play was on the Leavenser curriculum. And uh man, there was this one rough school in from Mayo, um, and they fucking had little snaps. Are they called snaps? Yeah. You know those things you snaps. Th- no, the things you throw. Oh, the caps. The caps. Oh, the cap guns. Snaps. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the ones that are in the bags, yeah. 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 They're in tiny little mini bags. You throw them and they make a big bang. Yeah. Like mini yeah. bangers. Yeah, they, so Love they brought brilliant. a load and you're fucking of the epileptic. <laughs> they fucking... They brought a load of these into the uh, so it's from like this third row back. Fucking they were hell. throwing snaps at me as I was trying to do the scene, and I was so raging. I was like, "Do you know how funny this scene could be yeah, yeah. if you let me go full creep, you sons of bitches?" <laughs> but um, and I was all I had to hold myself back so much from turning. And I had masks. It was like kind of like comedia dell'arte type oh, of stuff. Right. I was going to rip the mask off and jump out at them. And I got so angry at the ushers afterwards. The ushers did nothing. I was like, guys, what? How did you not kick these fucks out? Yeah, but um, there's nothing. Even in comedy, when that fucks that shit happens, and people are fucking shit up, and like, there's not yeah. security that aren't fucking do like doing shit like in the theater. Yeah, so yeah. It's like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, it's up to you. It's up to you. No, it's not. It's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like, literally up to you. you yeah. So yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so London, London acting, and then you started stand up there, right? So yeah, London kind of like but when all those projects fell through, I was I was definitely feeling dejected about it, and I just got balls deep into the restaurant that I was working in and started the chef and all that. And my theory at the time was if I exhaust myself so much, so I was doing waiter shifts during the day, during the day because you got to understand, loads of people want to work in this restaurant. They work there for free as chefs because of what you learn, you know. Whoa. So I started working for free on my downtime. Oh and, shit! Well, and then, so I would literally go downstairs. That's take a off great wa- business plan. Just make it super cool. <laughs> but the top restaurants in the world have like ninety percent of staff are stagiaires. That's what they call it. No. And they're or just because I call yeah. it a fancy name yeah, or yeah. French name or whatever it is. There's actually a lot of people that can afford to do that kind of a thing, and then they'll go on and open their fancy restaurants themselves. But yeah. um. But yeah, I was just like balls deep in it, and I was like, if I don't call, like, I was done with the acting thing. I remember I got, I got offered a, a couple of jobs, and I nearly didn't do them. One I didn't do, and then I said with the agency at the time, I was like, I will do this job if you talk to me about look, uh, looking after me for comedy after that, because oh. I had started to do it. Um, and the, the only thing that got me to do it was like my mother's 60th birthday. I went, I came back to Dublin for that, and my dad asked me to do a speech, and I just wrote this funny thing, and I'll never forget my uncle wiping tears away from his face because I was impersonating the two of them. My mom and dad going mad at each other whatever that. Right. I did not walk out of the shower naked. Oh, you did, man. Do you yeah. stuff like that? And that was like, oh, fuck, that felt good. And I felt, I, I clicked there. And of course, my dad's, I'm, I'm telling you, for years you should be doing this, you know. Yeah. And uh, so then I started open mic in London and died in me hole for, for months, but then kind of figured it and kind of, yeah, it went from there. And then with my, you know, when I was becoming a father, um, 
the agency said if I came back here that they would look after me for that. But London was a great grounding for me because it's very hard. Yeah. It's, the yeah. audiences don't give a fuck. The open mic over there is very hard. Yeah. Like I was shocked. I remember when certain people were starting over here in certain clubs here in Dublin, they would start off on seven minutes. I'm like, seven is way too long mm. to be starting off. And London was five and it better be bang, 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 bang. Uh, and that's the and I got but after eight months I managed to get open spots at, at the bigger clubs there and stuff like that and uh, I, I've never thought of except for the lockdown I've never I don't know how you guys feel I've never thought of giving it up and it's, it's it, like it is a heartbreaking exhausting game but I've never thought of giving it up because because of that feeling of something comes I'll go tell people they laughed life makes I sense never, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I could ever give it up no I don't think I don't so know. No I don't think so. I've never, and it's been, it's been probably the toughest of anything you've ever, like we've ever done, kind of a thing. But it's like it's never crossed my mind. Yeah, I yeah. could be happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we all fucking held out during because a few people did give up during lockdown. Yeah, that's people, true. Yeah, they, had yeah. To, they just couldn't hack the fucking. Probably people that had other skills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like other interests, like rake grinding. <laughs> yeah, rake grinding. My, or or but, earning money regularly. My girlfriend was on to me, but yeah, getting a like a proper just solid job where it took in lockdown. She's like, Eddie, it could, could be, be another year. Could be two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like goodbye to you, yeah, a job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know me well enough by now? But. uh and I just couldn't do it. I did like part-time work. I got a bit of video editing work, things like that. But I was like, I can't fucking go into a full-time job. Like, I'm holding out. I am holding I'm, I'm, out. For yeah, me, for me at this stage, it's not, it's not even about fucking holding out. For me, it's like, I know I can't work for anyone else anymore. Yeah, that that's it. Job I got closest to getting during lockdown, because same, Sandra was like, you know, you can't just not earn money with mm. a kid. Blah, blah, blah. There was delivery drivers. I, was like, I, can drive. I would do that. I would do that. I would do that. I, I can drive. Especially so half of the I, fucking DHL guys around my way. They're fucking having to go anyway. Parking fucking in a handicap spot or whatever like that. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I can yeah, do that. Yeah, like, yeah, we've yeah, been doing yeah. that for years without delivering sex. So, yeah. I've got to put DHL on the side of my car just to help. <laughs> <laughs> just, to start, just start parking in disabled spots. Hey, DHL, DHL sponsored by the crack gen. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, I have to leg it because I'm going to be. I have to go up to Armagh. Who's Ma? You're oh, Ma. Yeah. Armagh. Yeah, Armagh. Yeah. Supporting right, Garrett Farley. Garrett Farley. Tonight, when, yeah, when's your solo show? Sorry, my solo shows are uh, in Dublin. It's on April 23rd. But if you go on to thestevenmullen.com. Um, and thanks to everybody who's come out to the show so far. It's going great. Thank God. So well, we got this coming week, I've got Port Leash, Galway. Actually, Galway, come on. We could do it with a, with a hand with that. Where are you doing in Galway? Town Hall. The nice. studio in Town oh, Hall. Yeah, class. man. So that'd be amazing. And then Clears in Kilkenny as well. So uh, the show's called Ouch. It's a celebration of all the things in life that make us go, ouch. When I talk about Love Island being in the single dad and... Uh, Mental health. Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, nice. Stephen is the voice of Love Island Australia. Because yeah, you, you were doing, you were doing that all through the night. We're here. You oh, were recording God. the. I was doing that on Australia time. Mm. In it was all the opposites. So it was winter in Ireland. It's summer in Australia. Mm. It's daytime in Australia. It's nighttime here. So I was winter Ireland nighttime going. Welcome to Love Island Australia. <laughs> and like in a fucking what? flat of my own on Garden Street. Like, That's get- my boy. You <laughs> what did they set you you set up a little home yeah, studio yeah, Australia was locked down no one was getting in or out so yeah I had to do it all I did the whole yeah I had to do the whole thing um, yeah in lockdown and uh, on my own like wow <laughs> yeah it was pretty mental so they'd send you an edited episode with some like they would send, they would send you the gap but I, I did it all blind as well because the technology didn't necessarily exist to be able to watch playback live so oh, it was yeah. like I mean it was quite a feat on everybody's part to be able to even do it from the other side of the world yeah. to be honest it was mad um, but we got there. We did it, yeah. Well we done. Well done. Okay. Now, uh, you got a podcast as well, don't you? 
Oh, there's one. There's a new one coming out. Yeah, yeah. New pod. It's called uh, Friend Zoned. Myself and Taryn O'Sullivan. Hey, hey. yeah, yeah. So it actually, uh, we went on national radio to promote it about like three weeks ago, and it's still not out yet. But um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we've got to take time if you want to do yeah, it right. Yeah, you got to do it right. You've yeah. got a great producer on, and uh, so um, and there's over 100 episodes of Hello Steve podcast that people want to listen to that. Hello Steve, but, um, great. But I love uh, just I love working with. I think this is actually the podcasting is I'm not doing this on my own anymore. I want to fucking do it with people no, no. and to have help and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So we have an amazing producer who's kind of doing it all and uh, very grateful for it. So it's great crack. Taryn and I have a very uh, uh, funny dynamic. So that's where it came from. I mean, the whole idea of friend zone is like in Edinburgh when she was just, she happens to be horny. She said, uh, would you, uh, do you want a shag? And I was like, no, thank you. And that's where the, <laughs> that's the concept of the show. Immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not right. a shag. How about a podcast? Podcast? <laughs> it's better. Podcast it's more instead. commitment. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the only thing I can do that lasts longer than three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Garage going. <laughs> you better get up. Woo! I keep listening to the crackdown and keep coming to the crackdown as well. It is the my favorite club in Dublin. So uh, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, guys. Thank I you, Steve. Thanks for coming, man. At the Stephen Mullen and the for tickets. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, we've come to the end of the set. We're getting kicked off.